worship him this evening from Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Let us worship the Lord.
Please stand with me. Take your hymnals. Turns number 251, Beneath the Cross of Jesus. Son and Holy Spirit, we gather together this night to worship you. We thank you, Father, that you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him would have eternal life, would not perish, but would gain those everlasting halls of life and bliss and joy forever and ever with you. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you loved us and you gave yourself up for us, that through your eternal spirit, you offered yourself a spotless lamb of God, we come this day rejoicing, Lord Jesus, that through your shed blood, we have been ransomed. We have been reconciled to God. We have been covered and restored to your love to us. Oh Lord, we thank you that you have 
taken away all the wrath that our sin deserved. You have borne it in your own body on the tree. We thank you, Lord God, that by your grace you have taken our sin. You've wiped it out like a fog. You have cast it behind your back. You've remembered it no more. You've removed it as far as the east is from the west. You've treaded underfoot and cast it into the depths of the sea. And we come rejoicing and praying, O oh Lord, that you would show us our sinfulness tonight and that you would show us your love in Jesus Christ, that we might rejoice and delight in your gospel, not in our works, not in, in our doings, not in our dying, but in the death of Jesus Christ, his shed blood, apart from which there is no forgiveness of sins. So Lord, meet with us this evening. Thank you, Lord, for your grace in Jesus. It's in his name we pray, amen. Please be seated. Take your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Leviticus, chapter 16. We read in this great chapter of the Day of Atonement, we read of the sacrifices through which the people of God had the sacrifice of Jesus foreshadowed for them. You'll hear in this passage the word Azazel. It's a Hebrew word that refers to the scapegoat, the goat upon which all the sins of the people of God were placed and he took them out into the wilderness. Here, this passage reminds us that apart from the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Jesus Christ is the one who bears our sin. Hear God's word. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they drew near before the Lord and died. And the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat that is on the ark, so that he may not die. For I will appear in the cloud over the mercy seat. But in this way, Aaron shall come into the holy place with a bull from the herd for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He shall put on the holy linen coat and shall have the linen undergarment on his body. And he shall tie the linen sash around his waist and wear the linen turban. These are the holy garments. He shall bathe his body in water and then put them on. And he shall take from the congregation of the people of Israel two male goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. Aaron shall offer the bulls a sin offering for himself and shall make atonement for himself and for his house. Then he shall take the two goats and set them before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And Aaron shall cast lots over the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for Azazel. And Aaron shall present the goat on which the lot fell for the Lord and use it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell for Azazel shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement over it, that it may be sent away into the wilderness to Azazel. Aaron shall present the bull as a sin offering for himself and shall make atonement for himself and for his house. He shall kill the bull as a sin offering for himself and he shall take a censer full of coals of fire from the altar before the Lord and two handfuls of sweet incense beaten small and he shall bring it inside the veil and put the incense on the fire before the Lord that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is over the testimony so that he does not die. And he shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his finger on the front of the mercy seat on the east side and in front of the mercy seat he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. And he shall kill the goat of the sin offering that is for the people and bring its blood inside the veil and do with its blood as he did with the blood of the bull, sprinkling it over the mercy seat and in front of the mercy seat. 
Thus he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the people of Israel and because of their transgressions, all their sins. And so he shall do for the tent of meeting which dwells with them in the midst of their uncleannesses. No one may be in the tent of meeting from the time he enters to make atonement in the holy place until he comes out and has made atonement for himself and for his house and for all the assembly of Israel. Then he shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it and shall take some of the blood of the bull and some of the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar all around. And he shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times and cleanse it and consecrate it from the uncleannesses of the people of Israel. And when he has made an end of atoning for the holy place and the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall present the live goat. And Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel and all their transgressions, all their sins. And he shall put them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who is in readiness. The goat shall bear all their iniquities on itself to a remote area, and he shall let the goat go free in the wilderness. Amen. This is God's word.
Please stand once more, take your hymnals. We'll turn to number 79 and sing Psalm 22. We'll sing the first three stanzas of my God, my God, oh, why have you forsaken me? Chapter 53, verses 1 through 12, Suffering Servant. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form of majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. 
We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked, and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge to the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. God's word.
Turn with me to Matthew chapter 27, reading together verses 11 through 44, the crucifixion of our Savior. Matthew writes, Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him, and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall, but when he tasted it, he would not drink. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head, they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. And two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way.
Scripture reading, Matthew 27, verses 45 through 50. As you turn there, I ask that you would keep uh, your Bible or your phone or computer at that, this particular passage, for this is the passage that I will be preaching from. The Word of God. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness all over the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lemme sabachthani, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit.
stand together, take our hymnals and turn to number 252 as we prepare to hear the word of God preached. Let us sing, when I survey the wondrous cross. reflection on Matthew 27 verses 45 through 50. It was the summer of 1985 when a young man 20 years old picked up a Gideon International Bible that was given 
to him and started reading it for the first time ever in his life. That young man started by reading this book, the book of Matthew, as it was the first book in that Gideon Bible he had. As he started reading, he was immediately mesmerized by the central character of the book, Jesus. Here was a man like Matthew 7.29 says, who taught as one who had great authority, yet his life was completely submitted to the authority of another, the Father. Mesmerized by the way this Jesus went around teaching with unbelievably great wisdom and knowledge. Yet instead of being aloof, standoffish, elite-minded, he had no problem touching folks who had leprosy, Matthew 8. No problem sitting and eating with those who in his day were esteemed to be the most hated among his people, tax collectors, and with great sinners, Matthew 9, all with the purpose of serving them at their greatest point of need. And he had no problem bidding them who had the least, those who had the least of voices among men, children, to come to him, Matthew 19. The fact of the matter is this Jesus, his life was a perfect embodiment of tender care, compassion, love, and understanding. And so you can imagine that young man's horror when he started getting to the end of this book and he started reading about the things that Jesus had to endure at the hands of the very ones that he came to save. That young man immediately started thinking to himself, why is this happening? What did he do wrong? How does he deserve any of this? How does he deserve to be subjected to the lies that were told about him? A trial that was rigged against him. The beating. The, the scourging. Why was he subjected to all this? So much so that Isaiah 52, 14 says he was marred beyond human recognition. How? Why? And it didn't end there. It got worse. Because as we read our text, we find him nailed to a cross. He's been there since 9 a.m., it's now 12 noon and the darkness which accompanies judgment is all across the land. And it continues until 3 p.m. Where in verse 46 of our text we hear those blood-curdling words which I'm going to cover under the heading. Broken communion with God. Eli, Eli, Sabachthani, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He said. This is the same Jesus who at 12 years old was left behind in Jerusalem by his parents, who later found him in the temple. And when his mother asked him for a reason, he revealed that that was what he was all about. Communing with his father was not second nature to him. It was his first nature. This is the same Jesus who upon being baptized heard the words from heaven itself this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. The same Jesus is again heard in John 8, 29 saying, And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. You see, he was perfect in every way. Lived sinlessly before the Father. And thus this God-man was in perfect communion with him. 
And that communion stretched even further back than what I've indicated. For you see, as the, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, he had enjoyed perfect communion with the Father and with the Spirit from all eternity. And so, why this cry? How could such a thing happen to him, brothers and sisters? It was at that moment that God the Father, you see, turned his back on his only begotten son. For you see, it was at that point that the sins of the world, your sins, my sins, the sins of all who would be his were poured out, placed upon him. It was at that point that the wrath of God was fully poured out without any semblance of mitigation whatsoever. It was at that moment, this moment, that Jesus, who was sinless, became sin for you and I. And as such, the Father of whom it is written, you cannot look at wrong. Somehow, in no way, can fully, none of us can fully understand, withdrew himself. And why? That's what the young man was asking himself. Why? Why? And then he found the answer. In John 6, 3.16, where the apostle wrote, For God so loved the world, for God so loved you and you and you, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever will believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Be with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit eternally. And now it began to be clear. Everything that happened to him, happened because it was the will of the Father for it to be so. As Isaiah puts it, and as we heard earlier, it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He put him to grief. And why? Because it was the only way that we, brothers and sisters, dead in our sins, born that way and without any hope of self-merit, could be reconciled to the God who created us in his image. In essence, he extended his love in equal measure to his outpoured wrath, both things being manifested on that tree in a place called Gogata. For as the scripture declares, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Now there's two things I want to quickly show you concerning this statement of Jesus' great love for us. First, it's often the case when it comes to Jesus that people either don't understand him and what he's given them or they just don't care. We see that in our text by and through the action and words of two different people or sets of people. After hearing Jesus' words, one attempts to give him a drink while some other folks called for a hush mockingly and sarcastically indicating that they should entertain the failed prospect that he would be rescued. Here Jesus addressed this failed understanding of what he was doing and the hardness of hearts, something that all of us have been guilty of by earlier saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You see, my friends, if they knew who they were mocking, and what he was doing, if they understood the great measure of love that was on display for those who would be his, then they would have fallen down at his feet and worshipped him. But alas, they had no clue, nor were they interested in knowing any such thing. My friend, I ask you this evening, 
Are you interested in knowing so great a love? Are you interested in knowing he who was sent to die for you? Now think about this. Now also really connected to this statement rather. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friend. In verse 50, we hear this. It reads, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Friend, here I'd like to ask you to be reminded of these words spoken by Jesus concerning his life in John 10, 18. He said, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. Now think about this. Verse 50 tells us that he cried out with a loud voice, and then he yielded up his spirit, an act of his own volition. Now I ask you, brothers and sisters, have you ever seen someone on their deathbed, weakened and infirmed, maligned by serious injury to their person? Have you ever seen such a person cry out with a loud voice? A voice that communicated a reality that they were still full of life. Our Lord, after enduring the scourging, the beating, the mocking, carrying his cross, thirst in hit nails in his hand and, and in his feet, after all that, he was still full of life. He still could have gotten up off of that cross, but he stayed there. Why? Because it was the love of the Father that put him there. It was the love of the Son that kept him there. And it was the love of the Holy Spirit that left him there to die for you and for me. Back then, that young man might not have been theologically astute, but upon hearing this good news, that young man proceeded while he was out in the Mediterranean Sea on a ship in his bunk to cry like a baby as he professed Christ as his Lord and Savior. You see, he realized that there was no greater love, no greater Savior, and no greater God than the one who had graciously revealed himself to him by and through the power of his spirit. Brothers and sisters, greater love had no man seen. Greater love had no man known. And greater love has no man shown. How will you, brothers and sisters, respond to so great a love? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, our minds cannot comprehend the height, the depth, and the breadth of your love towards us. Your word tells us that it was while we were yet afar in our sins that our Lord died for us. We've heard, know, and understand through the grid of our own selfishness that there is indeed no greater love than for one to lay down his or her life for another. But add to that weight of all the sins of the world being placed upon our sinless Savior. And our only response in the face of that knowledge is the utmost gratitude and love for you. Love for our Lord. 
love for your spirit and for your grace and for those mercies that are renewed each and every day. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, be with us now, we pray, as we endeavor to walk in the light of your truth, your love, and your guidance, and all to the praise of your glory. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. people said. Amen. Margaret, Susie, choir, orchestra, thank you for leading us to the cross. Thank you for your sacrifice of time. Thank you for speaking to us in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, the word of Christ and the word of the gospel. Brothers and sisters, let us stand in response and sing of the glorious power of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ.
church there was a song that we used to sing and that's not how the story ends three days late you got to come to church on Sunday to hear the rest of it all right so our Lord's benediction now be the love of the Father the grace of the Son and the fellowship and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you now and forevermore and God's people who love Jesus to no end said amen, amen.